0: Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, and this is episode twenty five. Well, hi, everyone. And thanks again for tuning in. I hope you had a really, really positive week. My week, it's been a tough one this week. Lots going on. Anyway, this week I had a question from a listener who asked me whether I could talk about setting up one business from start to finish. Now, I had to think about this because not all business startups are the same. And it's important when thinking about the emphasis of this podcast being about living your best life. It's important not to frighten people by choosing a Mount Everest of a business to set up simply because this would make people think that sacking their boss to start a business and live their best life would be too difficult or too crazy to achieve. Or it would just look, well, impossible for ordinary people to achieve, much less dream about achieving it. So I had to be careful about, number one, not choosing too difficult a business. And number two, just sticking to the basics. Because if we go too much into business startup too soon, it's going to be too overwhelming. So what I want to do this week is just to give you a snapshot, enough for you to start thinking, hmm, is this something I could do? So that said, I decided to answer the question by focusing on a business that, if started, would enable you to build a long-term brand that promotes your interests, promotes your style and personality. And promotes your passion and your desire to do something different to earn that new money. And there's no easier business to start up than to start a blog about something you are passionate about. Now, I spoke about blogs as one of the top five digital businesses you can start before the end of 2019 because, well, the entry level and the entry costs to start a blog are very low. What do I mean? I mean that if you want to start a blog, you don't really need any special kind of training. You don't need any expensive equipment and therefore you don't really need much financial help when you're just starting out. And because of this, the cost of starting a blog is relatively low compared to other types of business startups. And when I say that the entry levels to starting a blog are very low, what I mean here is that you don't really need any special type of knowledge because blogs typically promote something you're interested in. And because a blog promotes something you're interested in, The main food of that blog, how you feed this blog, will come from content that you produce. And that content will typically be created from what you know, what you like and what you're interested in. And in most cases, that content will come from what's inside your head. And what's inside your head costs nothing at all. So having said that, Let's move on to what would be the main focus of your blog. The main focus of your blog as a business will be to solve problems you know people have. Now, it can be any kind of problem. It can be a good problem, how to do something, or even how to solve a bad problem, how to give up something. The main thing is That your blog is likely to be more successful if you are solving problems people want solving. Now, as an example, if I think about a problem that comes to mind and I wanted to start a blog, I might want to write a blog about how to bake cakes without eggs. Now, why is this a problem? It's a problem for me because I'm vegan and cakes are some of my favourite things, and I want to know how to bake cakes without eggs. Other people might have allergies. Other people might not like the taste of eggs. Other people might decide that they're animal activists and don't want to use any animal products, even though they might not be vegan. There are so many reasons for not using eggs that If I was going to start a blog, bearing in mind that I already have two, but if I was going to start a blog, this might be something I would blog about. Now, if I was going to think about starting a blog about how to bake cakes without using eggs, the first thing I would want to do is to decide what my main format will be for my content what will I use to get my message across to my potential listeners? Will I use audio like this podcast? Or will I use video as my main contact format, like you find on YouTube? Or will I write like you'll find on every single page almost that you search for on Google and you click on a link, you'll find writing. Lots of that writing is a blog. Or will I use pictures, Will I have a pictorial blog that is a set of different pictures that tell the story I want to share? I have to choose one of these formats as the best way to transmit my content. And it does matter because if I'm going to blog about how to bake cakes without using eggs, maybe this is something that won't really come across well if I put it in writing because maybe the people I'm trying to reach who have this problem might want to see what I am doing. Maybe they won't have a problem listening to what I'm doing, but they might really want to see as the main format for being able to solve that problem. Now, this is important, because your audience will become familiar with you delivering content in one particular way. For example, as regular listeners to this podcast, you will know that my main format for delivering my content is via an audio podcast. And the question I'm answering is how you make new money so you can sack your boss and eventually leave the plantation to go and live your best life in Africa or a hot country of your choice. That's the question I'm answering and the format that I'm using is an audio blog called a podcast. So if you're thinking of starting a blog, you will have to be clear about what question you're answering and how you will deliver your answers to that question. So getting back to baking without eggs, I've decided that the best way to serve my audience is to bake my way out of the problems and record what I do. Having decided that this is the problem I'm going to solve and having decided that I'm going to use video as a way to solve that problem, I might decide to put my baking skills to use and record the content I want to deliver into a series of short videos that I will put out every week for my audience. So having decided that, I then have to think about what I can create videos about. So let's run through where we are. I've decided that I'm going to start my business. I've decided that I'm going to start a blog to solve problems that people have. I've decided that the problem I'm going to solve is how to bake cakes without eggs because I believe that this is a problem that people want answers to. And I've decided that I'm going to use video as a way to answer questions about this problem. So, what kinds of questions could I answer? Well, one of the biggest questions I could answer is what I could use as a substitute for eggs to bake my cakes. And this is such a huge topic that each week I could have a video series that shows my audience how to bake a cake or how to bake some other product using a range of egg replacers. So let's go through them. I could use applesauce, which is a puree of cooked apples. I could use pureed fruit, like bananas, avocados, or pumpkins. I could ground up some flax seeds, and I could use that. I could use a shop-bought vegan egg replacer, which you can now buy from every supermarket with a free-from section. I could use silken tofu, which is that tofu you buy when you touch it. You can feel that it has water around it that's silken tofu. I could use a combination of vinegar and baking soda, which when mixed together is a great egg replacer. I could use yogurt. I could use arrowroot. I could use nut butters. And my personal favourite, you can hear me getting excited, I could use aquafaba, which is the liquid left over from your tin of beans or your tin of chickpeas. Now, I've just gone through 10 different things that I could use as an egg replacer. Straight away, look at the number of videos I can create for my video blog. I could go on forever with just these 10 ideas for eggless baking. Because each week, I could be videoing myself baking something new for my viewers. I mean, I could go on forever. I could bake 10 different types of cake using aquafaba. I could bake another six different types of cake using yogurt and I could bake another 15 vegan cakes using a vegan egg replacer. The list is endless. And the other thing is that there is so much I could share that in between my baking videos, I could also be posting pictures of what I bake or encouraging my viewers to post pictures of their baking successes particularly if they've tried a recipe that I featured in my video that week. I could write a blog on shorter questions that people might ask, like how long should I bake my cake? If my oven is gas or electric or if I don't have an oven and I want to bake my cake in a microwave. These are all different kinds of things that I could blog about and I could write the answers to those questions and they could be featured answers on a written blog that I might have. So already I've got videos that my audience can watch. I've got pictures that my audience can look at and I've got short written answers to smaller questions that my audience can read. And as you can see, the list of things that I can be doing is endless. Just in these 10 substitutes for eggs in my baking, I could have a year's worth of ideas about what I could blog about. And there it is. Starting a blog about something you know, something you like or something you're passionate about is as easy as that. And once you have your content that is, the topics you are going to answer as a way of solving your viewers' problems, then you're away. If you plan how you're going to deliver your problem-solving messages, you could have months and months and months of content written before you film, write or record anything. Okay, so that's your content sorted. The next thing you have to think about is the format you're going to use for your blog. Now, there are four main types of blog. There's a video blog, which you would traditionally see on platforms like YouTube. And I talked a little bit about that in my example of eggless baking. Now, on YouTube, you'll find people just like you who have started blogs by creating videos of themselves solving problems they believe their audience has. Think about how many times you've been on YouTube to find the answer to a particular question and how many times your questions have been answered. Heck, I remember when I blew a fuse in my amplifier and I didn't have the money to buy a new amp. And even if I did, I was really sentimental about the amp and the hi-fi that I had. And I didn't want to change it. So I decided to fix my amp myself. Am I an electrician? No. But I was just determined to try to do this myself. So I went onto YouTube and I found a video that showed me how to dismantle my amplifier to check if I had a blown fuse. I didn't know. I just know it's not working. So I followed the video step by step and I took my amp apart. Boy, was I scared when I looked at all the bits all over my living room floor, which I had neatly labelled, but nevertheless was still a shock because they were all over my living room floor. And in my head, I'm saying that I will never be able to put this thing back together again. But anyway, on I went, because if YouTube said I could do it, then I could do it. I then found the fuse and I took that fuse to an electronics shop And I bought a replacement. I mean, I was shocked. On my way to the shop, I remember thinking, they're just going to laugh at me and tell me that they don't know what this is. But I was wrong. I took the fuse to the electronics shop and he said, sure, we've got those. And he went to the back of the shop and he came back with a packet of two fuses. Well, I acted like I knew that's what I was expecting because YouTube said this is what I should be buying. So I bought them. I then came back home, fitted the fuse, put my amp back together again and was amazed when it didn't work. No, I'm only joking. I was amazed that it worked and it's still working today. My hi-fi system is over 30 years old And it's still working today because I went onto YouTube and I found out how to solve a problem. I was so proud of myself then. And I'm still proud of myself now because I saved myself about £1,000 because that would have been the cost of a replacement hi-fi because my amp is part of an integrated hi-fi system. And instead, the fuses I bought... Because remember, it came in a pack of two, cost me two pounds and fifty pence, bargain. But I use that example more importantly to show you the power of a video blog. If you can get it right and solve a problem that people are having, okay. So we finished talking about video blogs and the power of video to help you to answer a question. Then there are audio blogs, which you would traditionally see in the form of a podcast, like the audio blog you're listening to right now. And if I wanted to get you to visualise the power of a podcast, think about all the things we've talked about on the podcast and all the questions that I've answered in each of the episodes of the podcast. Think about how the podcast helps you to visualise the things I want you to see and how the podcast works to inspire you to think and feel in a different way. Think about how the podcast makes you come back every week. Think about what it is that drives you to come back every week looking for the next installment and think about all the plans you make in your head or the notes that you take from the content that you listen to on the podcast. And more importantly, think about the plans that you're making about following through on some of the things I'm inspiring you to take action on. And that is the power of an audio blog, a podcast. It can get to the heart of the matter and reach people in their tiniest of private spaces without other people seeing your struggles. Then there are written blogs which traditionally hold what I call long and short form articles. A long form article being anything from three to four thousand words up to ten thousand words and a short form article being anything from three thousand words down to five hundred words. The choice is yours and the choice is very much down to what you believe your readers prefer. You would traditionally see those types of written blogs on platforms like WordPress or Tumblr, both of which are online website and blog creation platforms. Now, WordPress, for example, is totally free to use and really easy to set up once you get over a couple of hurdles like the name of your podcast, because you're going to need that in order to get online and register your space on WordPress. And obviously, for all of these podcasts, you're going to need access to the internet. So, if writing is your thing and you're able to write about how to solve problems your audience want to read about, then a written blog might be for you. And finally, there are picture blogs which do what they say on the tin. Your picture blog would solve a problem for your audience via a picture or a series of pictures. For example, if you've ever seen an infograph, you'll know that an infograph is a long-form picture that takes the viewer through the solving or understanding of a problem or an event or anything really via a step-by-step approach. Now, the beauty of an infograph is that the answers the viewer is looking for and the steps to get there will all be contained in one picture. So there's no need to go surfing about. Infographs are huge and you've probably seen one. And if you think you don't know what one is, then you probably haven't realised that you may have come across an infograph living its life in people's blogs, online, online, on social media platforms like Instagram and Pinterest, which are the types of noticeboard platforms that will hold your picture blogs. You probably just haven't even realized, but picture blogs are huge. You only need to go onto Instagram and see the number of followers that people have of people who are tracking their pictures because they're interested in how to solve the problems that the pictures are conveying. Problems like which makeup do I buy? What outfit do I choose? How do I put an outfit together? How do I sew a particular outfit? How do I make something? What does it look like in the start, middle and end of the making process? These are primarily the picture blogs that people blog about. And you can add to that travel adventures. And what all of these blogs have in common, that's your video blog, your audio blog, your written blog and your picture blog, is that they build momentum to encourage your audience to keep coming back. And the way to build that momentum is to create really interesting content that your audience will want to engage with. If the content is good and answers particular problems or interests your audience has, then your audience will keep coming back for more and more. In the same way that listeners to this podcast keep coming back week after week because there is something in the content that they don't want to miss. That's what you have to create. And to get you there, you must be consistent and you must show up when your audience expects you to show up. And when you say you will show up, if your audience expects you to be there every week, then you must be there every week. If it's one video a month that you're putting out, then you must put that video out every month. No excuses. Only when you've built that momentum can you begin to think about how you can make money from your blog. That's why on the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast, I talk about giving yourself three to five years to plan to sack your boss three to five years to get yourself off the plantation or three to five years to have made enough new money to buy yourself out of your job and live your best life in Africa or a hot country of your choice. That's why I say it takes three to five years, because if you know this, you will focus on building consistency and momentum in your blog business. And once you have that consistent audience who seek out your content every week. Only then can you think about how you can make money from your blog and move on to the next stage of being able to sack your boss or buy back your time. Only then can you do it. And all of that takes time. And there you have it. If anything I have said has sparked an interest in your mind's eye, why not map out what questions you could answer for your prospective blog audience? And then think about the different answers you could provide to answer that question. This is at least a start. Because if you want to change your life, you have to take some action, good or bad, successful or failing. It is in the act of taking action that moves you forward as opposed to doing nothing which changes nothing. If you want to move forward and you're still thinking about how to make a start, why not book a seat on my free masterclass where we can continue the discussion and take things forward. Click the link in the show notes below and it will take you right to the spot where you can reserve your seat. I'm really looking forward to seeing you there because I'm really looking forward to moving us all on so that we can take action to live our best lives. You've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha and I'm out.